Hello and welcome to the Who's He podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this month's show, we're going to be talking about a first Doctor story for the first time in a very long time, actually. We picked the Sensorites. Uh, whether that was the right story to pick or not, <laughs> we shall yes. see. We shall see. Yes. <laughs> We shall see a bit later on, but uh, but of course we've got a, a, a quite a bit of news to get through before we go anywhere else. And of course the the big breaking news uh, whilst we've been away is that in recent days Jodie Whittaker and Chris Chibnall have announced they are to leave Doctor Who um, in 2022. And well, it's no surprise, really, Paul, is it? No, not really. Um... Timing was such, and obviously with the delays through COVID and whatever, you could see them wanting to move on to new things. Yeah, yeah, I think it's the... uh... Certainly Jodie Whittaker I could. I wasn't quite sure. I wondered whether Chris Chibnall would hang on in there, whether he had this long, long plan for... Well, I I did think he yeah I thought he would stick around if you know I didn't think he would leave quite so soon considering what he's done with the you know the timeless child and all that stuff um, yeah which which I'm assuming I don't know because what's going to happen now because everyone thought we were going to have um, we we're going to have like a series end of this year or the autumn this year then you get a Christmas special but now it looks like we're getting six episodes this year then three specials next year and the last one will be where Jody Whittaker regenerates into into who knows who. Um yeah, yeah so yeah it's it's gonna be a long break again I think because I think obviously twenty twenty three everyone's saying oh it's the sixtieth anniversary we have to have a special in 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 that year. Um do we really do we really need a special because usually it goes fifty, seventy five, doesn't it? When you when yeah. you're counting anniversaries, you don't really do the sixtieth. Of anything. No. Um, Unless you're the Queen. I mean, we had the Diamond Jubilee, didn't we, for 60? We did. We did, of course. We did, of course. Um, but, you know, obviously, that's if a new showrunner and a new star of the show has been appointed. I'm assuming that um, that has happened if if the BBC want to continue with it. Um, that, yeah. That's... I'd, I'd imagine they would do, because it, it's, it's a massive... Um, program they sell across you know around the globe i can't imagine them not wanting to make doctor who but you never know with the bbc really do you no i mean the the thing that made you might end up having a gap year mm. is the fact that actually you might have got away with actually just doing a one-off special in 2023 yeah but then that's a lot to ask a new showrunner and a new doctor Exactly. Which makes so, me think there's going to be a break in 2023. I, yeah. I, th- I, th- I personally think that um, we'll have the, 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 the specials next year, regeneration, and then I think it'll be a break for a year. And it'll be, and if it is going to come back, it'll be in 2024. I really do. Unless, of course, you really want to push the boat out for a 60th and you have a previous Doctor's special. Well, you could do. You could do, uh, but then you you would have assumed that would have involved Jodie Whittaker, um, yeah. Who, who I would have thought who wouldn't really want to be involved with the show again quite so soon. No, in the same way as Tom Baker didn't want to do the Five Doctors. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, but, the, but then also when you when you had the Five Doctors, you had an incumbent Doctor in, in Peter Davison, didn't you? So yeah, 
But yeah, I mean that 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 again, yeah, you'd have to sort of either set it in some time period that wasn't concurrent with the new Doctor. Yeah, that's it. If you know, if they're going to do that, so we're just we're just assuming. Yeah. Um, but obviously the um what we're getting next year that that will time with the 100th anniversary of the BBC yeah. so i reckon that's what they'll just use for an anniversary thing for you know for, for next year for the BBC as a whole and then that'll be it i reckon till 2024 or they could just decide to just rest the show for a few years which i don't know would you say that was a good if they did do that would that be a good thing or a bad thing um I don't know, because I don't know then whether you're... <clears throat> I suspect the people that didn't like the Chibnall Whitaker era would say it's, might mm. even say it's a good thing. But then you're going to lose that entire generation to Doctor Who again, I suspect, if you have to you are. a break. You are. Um, and to be honest, if the people who didn't like the Chibnall and Jodie Whittaker era, now that it's sort of like, oh, thank God the, the woke Doctor has gone and and all the, you know, so on and so on and so on. But the BBC at the moment have got a massive diversity drive. And if they think that this is the end of it, the end of woke, yeah. you know, Doctor Who being woke or diversity, whatever the hell you want to call it, um, I think these people are in for a very, very big shock. I really do. So well, I, I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't... I, there's not going to be a return to be, how it used to be. Yes. This, you know, that, yes, that's the thing. Not, not, not unless you're in your little bunker... Dreaming of going back in time. <laughs> yeah, precisely. So they're dreaming of resurrecting John Pertwee. <laughs> this is very much invasion of the dinosaurs territory. If they yeah. want to go back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I th- no, I, I, you know, it's um. Now obviously, I think people are saying, you know, who's going to be the next Doctor? I think, to my mind, who's more importantly, who's going to be the next showrunner? Because yeah, th- there's nobody that really sort of stands out to me and I've got to be honest I don't watch a lot of television I don't watch a lot of the shows that people watch on Netflix or or, or Apple TV or wherever it might those platforms might be I just don't have time to sit down and watch a lot of television Um, so there could be some fantastic showrunners out there Um, I think a lot of people are saying that why not take a a pun on say an American showrunner um I don't know how the BBC would feel about that. I don't know if they would actually do that. They've used American directors. I mean, look at Rachel Talalay and, and the fantastic work she put in for Doctor Who. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I know, I know um, J. Michael Straczynski, um, who... Threw his the hand to the ring, didn't he? Yeah, he did, yeah. Um, I, I don't think the BBC would. I think there's been some comments made about, well, why would they appoint a 70-year-old white bloke who did something 25 years ago to do Doctor Who? Um, I, I I don't know really. I, I there there were bits of Babylon Five that wasn't that great, and I'm a massive fan of the show. I loved it, but there were a few stinkers in there. But as it as there is in any long running show, yeah, really. You know, if anyone thinks that um, you know, whole Star Trek up as a, as a <laughs> as the the ultimate show, well, no, you know, <laughs> there's been, again there's been some right stinkers in every iteration of of, of Star Trek over the years. You know, so. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know really. It's I think it's a, to me that's more important, you know, because that that dictates what direction the show's going to go into. Whether you're going to get another timeless children sort of arc, you know, with you know, because they're the ones who are going to make the mark on the show. Not so much the actor 
taken on the yeah. role of the doctor it's more the showrunner they want to make their mark and, and and you know and do their own thing with it um which is exactly right. what chibnall did you yeah. know i mean yeah not not wanting to sound um as uh, down on the acting community but you know you think there's actually a lot of good actors mm. and you'd feel unfortunate if doctor who got a bad actor in the lead role so what you yeah so as you say the most important thing is actually the showrunner the person who's mm. got the vision for how it's going to be yeah yeah because... yeah that's well that's it time will tell i mean i know people keep looking back on sort of previous like people like toby whithouse and i think he's told doctor who is just it's just done now basically i think a lot of the um I think a lot of the old writers said that, you know, they were sort of, yeah, well, we'll write for, for Jodie Whittaker, and they just didn't get the, that's not what Chibnall wanted, you know. Right. Um, he wanted to do something different, bringing new writers uh, to, to the show. Um, but I mean, talking, talking of which, obviously, what, what we're getting in, in the next, you know, the next series, which is, is six episodes, it's going to be an, um, all connected, it's going to be an arc running through all six uh, episodes. It's all written by Chibnall. Uh, which doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence, if I'm honest. No. <laughs> no. You almost, you almost get the fact there's going to be, it could almost be a two fingers up to the people, <laughs> knowing he's going anyway. Yeah, exactly. Well, did you know what I mean? Okay, we we still got to have three specials from him as well, and you know, to to, to come. The way he's got, he's going to write them. It tends to be the specials that are written by the the showrunner, aren't they? And, and lead yeah. lead writer. Um, so I'm guessing that's that's what's going to happen there. But um, I'm assuming he's going to wrap up the timeless children arc for the Doctor when he when he bails out. I can't see anyone else running with that so much. Um, no. But what what I heard other theories being um, sort of sort of thrown out there that the once this Thomas Children thing is wrapped up, then basically what happens after that is going to be a reboot of Doctor Who. So that's and that's what people are saying they can bring in um, Joe Martin's Doctor as the first Doctor. So right. I, I I I don't know about that. I, I would imagine Joe Martin's Doctor would I don't know. Maybe bow out if she's going to appear again. We'll bow out with Chris Chibnall because it's it's his character. He he appointed that that actor to the role. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. We're going through this. We haven't made the tittle tattle jingle. (laughs) No, we haven't done the tittle tattle jingle. Actually, I'm going to drop it in right now. Here, Doctor, everything is possible. There we are. So. That's rather remiss of me. I don't. It's already sort of tittle tattle. This this is just sort of like the whole thing just exploded. But I mean, yeah. to be honest, we've we've had the usual actors have been you know the, the bookies' favourites are so we're back to um, Richard Iodi, uh, Michaela Cole, Ollie Alexander. Um, I think Phoebe Waller Bridge has been thrown in again. But I think I think Phoebe Waller Bridge and definitely Michaela Cole. I think they've for, as far as the BBC's gone i think that shit might have sailed a bit for him because i mean uh phoebe waller bridge she's now sort of doing her own thing she's in the next indiana jones film which is still filming um up in glasgow she's um sort of scripting the next james bond film uh michaela coa's understanding has been approached for a part in the next black panther movie for marvel so i think they've they've gone up i think in the world certainly Mm. um so 
And, and of course, Chris Marshall's back in there as well. But yeah, I think that's just, that's like when, um, I think when, oh, what's his name? Before they cast uh, Paul McGann, it was Dudley Moore was always the person who was, who was mooted. He is definitely the next Doctor. So it's, 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 it's probably only the fact that he's dead that's not stopping him being. Not stopping it now. again, exactly. I know. <laughs> when has that ever stopped fans, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> but there we are. There we are. So, yeah, I mean, it's, um, I think it's come as a shock to some people, but. Um, but I think coming straight, I think it's probably shot more that it's come straight after the San Diego Comic Con. Yeah. Where a lot of this was, um, you know, the sort of bigging up the, you know, the next show. And of course, um, the next sort of news item we've got really is sort of Jacob Anderson um, is joining the next series of Series 13. He's not an actor I know of. I know he was in Game of Thrones, but I've not watched a single moment of Game of Thrones. Um, no. So I've I've got no. No comment, actually. Uh, no comment at all. And of course, we had a trailer um, as well—a teaser trailer. I should—I should add. Um, I think a lot of people got the knickers in a twist over that, but good. It gave away nothing, which is how I like it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, the only thing I found annoying about the teaser trailer—well, why did they have to put a graphic up every time someone said something? D- did you notice that? If someone yeah. said something, it'd be like a subtitle on the screen, be like a like a cartoon like almost like a uh, a batman you know sort of like the adam west batman thing um i thought quite why they had to felt the felt the need to do that I, I don't know but uh yeah there we are there we are but um yeah and i think other people have i'm not I, I did you see the panel i haven't i could be bothered to no. watch it if i'm honest no, I um, see it, no. no i think a lot of people have picked up on the fact that um jacob anson's character of uh, uh, Appears to be or alludes to be like a time agent, um, so they reckon he's like a, a, a John Barrowman sort of stand-in, right? To a certain degree, uh, I don't know if that's true or not, because he did sort of bow out of the of the Christmas special rather weirdly. He wasn't he just sort of said goodbye off camera, didn't he? We we remarked on it yeah. at the time. Yeah, he did actually literally phone it in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, literally. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know on this one. It's a bit, uh, bit strange. Oh, no. But now, uh, now what? Now what is the timing of them shooting these six episodes? And the and the scandal. St- yes. Yes, the scandals. Yes, I know which we've we've sort of shied away from because I think it's been discussed yeah. elsewhere. Um, we didn't really want to sort of uh, go through it here, really. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, the, the, so, the, you know is, well, the fact, was, the fact you know, is, is, is there a choice? Is there a chance that this actually was meant to be Barrowman? Well, it could have been. It could have been. I and they then well, had to go down a different route. Well, the thing was though, with, with the with the Barrowman scandal, everyone had kind of known about it previously anyway, and it was discussed about previously. And it yeah, wasn't. I mean, that, and that it wasn't, wasn't until that, it wasn't yeah. until the Noel Clark stuff came out that this got resurrected by the press, yeah. because they showed that clip of Noel Clark doing what John Barrowman did, yeah. you know, using his microphone as opposed to his uh, yeah his genitalia. So um, yeah, it's um, yeah. So I know he sort of you know I don't know. I really don't know. I really don't know with this. It's. Uh, 
But hey, we're getting another character. Uh, obviously, we got yeah. we got John no, Bishop as Dan as well. You know, it's not. You know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lose any sleep over the fact that it's not Captain Jack. We've got a new character. You no. know. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not. It doesn't. I mean, it might be. It could well be better. I mean, in terms of let's you know get a new dynamic going. Yeah, precisely. Precisely. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. Anyway, we we haven't got some autumn. It's not that far away now, actually, is it? So no, we're now into surpri- August. Surprisingly, yeah. not. Yes, the last yeah, the last eighteen months are just sort of yeah. We're what, what part of the year are we in? Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh dear. Well, they, I think another thing that some people picked up um, on the on on the Comic Con panel was that uh, Chris Chibnall kept referring to something called in this is something called the Swarm. Now, a lot of people say, oh, my God, it's the swarm from uh, The Invisible Enemy. Now, I know, I know I think we're getting Weeping Angels back in the next series. I think Stephen Moffat spot that on um, <laughs> on Twitter. Um, but, yeah, he, Chris can mention something about the swarm. Now, I, I can't believe for one moment they're going to resurrect something from 1977, which isn't that fondly remembered, apart from introducing K-9. Can you believe that? Mm, don't know. I mean, like I say, it depends on how much of a, <laughs> of a um, f you this is to people that don't <laughs> like him. Well, we're doing the sense rights later on, Paul. How much of an f you is that? <laughs> <laughs> but that's just to our listenership. <laughs> Utter contempt, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, well, I mean, to be honest, I mean, it's certainly well, been... it's the same sort of thing. You take a bit of a break and you come back and you really let them. With <laughs> <laughs> both barrels, <laughs> no, I, I, you know, there certainly has been a lot to talk about in the last few days, and it, you know, it goes from that what it appears to be with Doctor at the moment, news wise, it, it's all or nothing, and for months it's been absolutely nothing, um, mm. and then really it's not even, you know, what we're going to be getting in the next series because. That's you know that's all been deflected now with the fact that you know the lead actor and, and the lead you know the, the showrunner are leaving the show at the same time. But apparently they had a pact. They said they would leave after. They both said they would leave after three years. Um, whether that's true or not, don't know. I have to take yeah. them at their word. So I'm saying take them at the word. But uh, but cue I mean, the so, months. So so, so are, so are we saying that they've? Where are they with filming? Do we know where they are with filming? Because I don't really follow. No, well, of... I'm I'm assuming I, I know. Haven't they done eight episodes? As far as I aware, because I thought they'd done eight episodes. Um, right, so that would be because it's the six and the t- and two of the three specials. Yeah, and I, as far as I'm aware, then they've still got the third special to film. Right. So is that why they've had to make the announcement now? Is because they're worried. Well, the th- I, because I, yeah. presumably. We're saying, you know, oh, who, they've got plenty of time to decide who they're going to cast. But if they're going to do a regeneration scene, mm. how easy is that going to be to do? Well, you know what Unless, happens... Unless, of course, it is a complete reboot, in which case we don't get a regeneration scene. Oh, maybe. It could be. It could be something like that, couldn't it? it, it it's, you, know, it, it, you know, it it could be Joe Martin, despite what I said earlier on. I know the fans are clambering for it. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I I, th- I think the future, and you know, as we've been discussing, the more I you know, over the last sort of you know twenty twenty five minutes or so, I I think the more that um 
I think about it. I think the more of the, you know, I sort of think that the future of Doctor Who is very much up in the air at the moment. Yeah. Or are we just going to get a regeneration of the Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy variety? Well, do you know what? Cause I th- it's weird because I think, I know right now Chibnall, he's kept a, a big veil of secrecy over the show. And I think if he managed to pull off who is being cast as the next Doctor, if it goes that way, let's just assume it is, it's going to be the normal regeneration. If they could keep that a secret, I mean, that would be amazing. It really, it's, so it would be a genuine shock to see who the next person is. But the trouble is, though, they, their actors' agents want to get their names out there straight away. Yeah. yeah. And I think it would be too much of a um, thing, you know, people hanging around Cardiff to see who comes on, you know, who, which actors are in the area and, and you know, all that kind of thing. Um, which would make you say, if, they, if they've already cast, then they'd probably have already done the scene. Before yeah. they announce, yeah, one would but think if it was going to be on a closed set, yeah, or whatever. But yeah, I, I, I don't think anyone's been cast yet. I, I'm assuming they've got a showrunner lined up. If if they are continuing with the show, yeah, or if, or if as the as I'm now going to call them the invasion of the dinosaur people that want to go back in time, <laughs> we're just going to get a different actor breaking out from the Watchers. Thing from yeah. Tom Baker, <laughs> and then we're going to go back to there, and we're going to start yeah. again from there. I, th- I think there's going to be um, actually. I-, I must make mention of this. I know, I know, it's, I know. A lot of people out there are, are uh, no, actually, it's not a lot of people. There's a subsection of fans that are, I say, like, extremely glad that Jodie Whittaker is going. One of them has been in Levine, who just tweeted, "Ding dong, the witch is dead," which I thought was um, pretty bloody nasty, actually. Yeah. To be honest, I mean, um, yeah, I mean not he, really having an opinion as to whether it should be a man or a woman next. That did sort of make me think. Actually, no, I wouldn't mind it being another woman now. Yeah, exactly. Just to piss him off, to be honest. And I know I, I used to, I used to, you know, defend Ian Levine because he had done a lot for fandom and he and he and he sort of re- recovered a few, you know, missing episodes and everything. But he just put himself up on a pedestal now, and I, I, I don't want to turn this into a. a a, a, you know, an assassination now of, of Ian Levine, but for God's sake, you know, give it a rest, mate. Seriously, give it a rest. If you don't like the show anymore, stop watching, stop making comments because you're making a fool of yourself. And if yeah. you want Operation Golden Age, then yeah, you know, go go and bloody well, you know, build your own time machine or something, mate. But Christ. Anyway, oh, well, anyway. that make it easier for him to recover the rest of the. <laughs> well, he would do, wouldn't it? He could stop it before it happens. He could just. <laughs> No, he'd just sit on them then, wouldn't he? So, <laughs> I know. I mean, yeah. I mean, no, no one's taken away from him. Take what he's done for mm. giving us. No, exactly, episodes. exactly. But to a certain extent, that then it's not as if it's his creation. You could understand someone might be a bit bitter if they thought something that they created was going away. They didn't want it to go. Well, yeah, yeah. I, mean, was, I think you know their, their I, brainchild was good, but the, that, I, that's not what he's done. No, you know? I, I think it, I think it's the fact because he was involved with the production, slightly involved with the production of Doctor Who at certain points in the eighties, and I think he seems to think he's got some say and influence in what happens. Um, well, but no, no more, but no more than Chris Chibnall has. No, or even probably less than Chris Chibnall has. Less, less than Chris Chibnall. Yeah. So. You know, that that's how it goes. Yeah, exactly. 
Time to move on. And I just don't understand where, other than she's a woman, where that hatred comes from. I'm, I mean, I wasn't, wasn't necessarily going to talk about this, but as it's been brought up. As it's been brought up, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't like the episodes, and there has been, I'm not massively a fan of some of the of, of these episodes, the Chris Chibnall era. But that's Chris no. Chibnall's fault. That's not Joey yeah. Whittaker's fault. No. No, and that I, has I nothing totally to agree. do with that has nothing to do with the gender of the Doctor. No, it hasn't. It's got nothing to do with it whatsoever. I, I just found that. Um, so look, looking back on it, I, I, I personally feel when, when we reviewed um, series eleven and twelve that I was sort of being overly generous with with a lot of it, to be honest. Um, but it's been. How can I put it? It's been fair to middling. It really has. There's no. Yeah. There's been a couple of really outstanding episodes, but a lot of it has been meh. And yeah, that's Chris Chibnall. Sorry, it yeah. is. No, nothing to do with Jodie Whittaker or the other actors in it. Um, yeah, the acting has been good. Yes, it has. I'd like to yeah. see someone say, you know, why are they, you know, what 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 has been wrong with the acting? I don't think there has been. I think, I think there's a question of. Not being able to polish something at some time. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Do you know what? I I think the um, I, how can I put it? Because there were a lot of people who are really quite vocal at the, to begin with when Jodie Whittaker was cast. So it's a woman, fantastic, got woman as the Doctor. And when that first series was aired, a lot of those people went weren't quite so vocal anymore. And I think I I, I try to find a way to put it into into words. Um. It was, and again, it's nothing to do with Jodie Whittaker. It was the way it was written. It was written as if they wrote the part of the Doctor now as a woman, rather than it was just an actor playing the Doctor. Yeah. Do, do, do you understand where I'm coming from? Yeah. So rather than have, have, having Jodie Whittaker being sort of like doing all the action stuff, though we had, say, like Capaldi or, or uh, Smith or Tennant or, you know. Um, we didn't really get any of that with Jodie Whittaker. And I think because they were, I don't know why they just seem to be writing the, the character differently because she was a woman, rather than just ignoring the fact and saying, this is still the Doctor. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 mean, I, I don't know. I, I just think generally, they're, they're, you know, I mean, there have been some good episodes. I'm not, not Oh, yeah, I mean, it's not all been bad. Liked, no, no, there's been I've some good stuff all in of, there. You know. Yeah. But, but a lot of um, it was, ugh, you know. Yeah. There was there was just some odd ones that you just thought, okay, fine, yeah. You know. Well, it's not over yet. The the the, you know, the Whitaker era isn't over. Um, you know, and the Chibnall era certainly isn't over. We've we've got this year and next year uh, to go yet. Yeah. You know, so um, I mean, it could be could pull something that you know really good out of the bag. And I think it's the, I think that that's what Chris Chibnall does because he, he obviously he's first writing Broadchurch. Broad um, what to be honest, what I've seen of it, I didn't like, um, but it was massively popular, and I think that's what he does. He does that that you know a, a story spread over so many episodes, and maybe this is where he'll he'll come into his own, perhaps. Yeah. On series thirteen, where it's all six episodes, it's one story, uh, apparently. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. You know, it might he, tie he, everything up. It might do. It might do. Precisely. So we'll um we shall see. We shall see. But uh, but coming back round to what you were saying, Paul, about uh, missing episodes, because obviously the 
Another thing that was that was announced, I think, almost immediately after we released our last episode, <laughs> was that Evil of the Daleks um, is being animated and is going to be released on the twenty seventh of September. Yes. So um, yeah. Now I've um, I know almost nothing about this story because I haven't even watched the um, any re- reconstructions or the, or the surviving episodes or uh, which is episode two, isn't it? Um, so yeah, I'm. Um, I'm not surprised because they've just been going through Trout and Zero. It looks like they're trying to get together a Blu-ray box set, aren't they? Yeah. Which now sort of puts me in question as to whether I now buy this or do I wait for the said mentioned Blu-ray box set? Well, I'm buying it anyway. I'm buying it because it could be a, it could be a long a long way off the Blu-ray box set, but uh, I just I just want to see it really. <laughs> yeah. I just want to see it, but um, well, now on this you got it's, it's a three disc um, release. Um, it says it, it, it would it's you can vo- available in either color or black and white, which has been missing from the recent animations. It's all been color only, um, and I like to yeah. have the you know the option. Um, so the release will include the remastered Surviving Original Episode Two. You've got the tele-snap reconstructions of all six episodes. You've got audio commentaries, um, an audio book with a recorded commentary by Tom Baker, no less, uh, the making of obligatory making of documentaries and uh, photo gallery stuff as well. So it's, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. I'm very much looking forward to that one. So as I say, it's, it'll be released on the 27th of September this year. Um, well ahead of Christmas. There we are. Yeah. Not, not even the, it's and not I even must, the ideal Christmas have, gift, Paul, is it? And I must admit, <laughs> looking at that, the thing that really stands out is the audio book of Recorded Country by Tom Baker to me. <laughs> why is that? Why's, why does that no, really stand just, out? No, just, just as, yeah, I think that would be quite interesting to listen to. To listen to, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, well. Yeah, so, oh, yeah, so. I don't know. Yeah, I, pro- I probably will end up buying it, but it's just yeah, this exactly. case that you sort of think they have gone quite. Heavy on the, heavy on the Troughton. On yeah, yeah, reconstructions, which sort of does sort of think, make me think that it's just getting enough stuff to put together to do a to do a box set. Yeah, but well, how about forget about the Hartnell stuff because there's you know there's an awful lot missing there as well, which I'd love to, I'd yeah. really love to see, really would do. Like I say, yeah, but that but that sort of makes me wonder about the, as I say, the Troughton stuff is the fact that it is yeah, the guy. Be- they're going for a box set, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Okay, everybody. So, um, well, we've waffled on quite a bit, but we still got time actually to swing over to the other side of the room and Omega's Tack Corner. You pester me with trinkets. Now we have um, sort of quite a bit of tack for you. As I said, it, it's all or nothing at the moment with Doctor Who. It really is. Um, so first things first. Now this one we've arrived to the party a little bit too late. The character options. Or characters, they now know, I should say. Um, they just released a um, a new second Doctor variant, which is the another five point five inch uh, second Doctor one with with a, a, a TARDIS set. But this is the Doctor in his fur coat, as seen in the Abominable Snowmen. Now, this was a very limited release um, option. This one, and it was limited to four thousand units, and it has already sold out. Yeah. So. Um, so it's actually saying that they actually want to release on uh, July the twentieth. Um, so say so we're we're a bit late to the party here, um, but yeah, it was. I can't believe it's, it's gone already. So then what they what they're saying now is head over to eBay 
really, or Amazon.co.uk to check for any reasonably priced sets. And I can imagine there aren't going to be any that are going to be reasonably priced. <laughs> now that everyone knows they've been sold out, they've sold out. Anyone who bought a copy is now. Oh. Yeah. How much? Raking it in. Raking yes. it in, actually. So it's, um, yeah. That's a shame because it does look like a nice little set, to be honest. Um, yeah, it really just, does. Just, just that odd thing that. Now I've, do I've a limited edition, really. Now I, I've just clicked onto um, onto onto the Amazon link on on, the, on this uh, website here, and yes, there is one for sale on Amazon.co.uk. Sixty three pounds. Someone's put it out for a plus five pound delivery. Right. So already people are being ripped off. Terrible, absolutely terrible. I'd, I'd hate to see what it's going for on eBay. Um, I'm just going to have a quick, a quick look on here. Yeah, one on there, sixty four ninety nine plus two pound ninety four postage. Uh, sixty pounds, ninety nine ninety nine with free postage, Paul. Ah, yeah. So yes, people are being ripped off. There we go. Didn't take long, did it? Dear oh dear. It's either fans ripping off fans or there's like people think Doctor Who fans are gullible and will pay that kind of money to have it if it's limited. But but what it does say is it's a limited for the, for <laughs> for the foreseeable how, future. How, how many times have you bought some of the DVDs? <laughs> well, no, that's the thing. I, well, the thing is, though, I know I, I must admit I, I was... I was kicking myself for not buying the um, the Tom Baker, the first Blu-ray yeah. box set that came out. Um but good job I waited because they did re-release it in the end. Hmm. So I'm, I'm assuming it's got to happen with this as well, surely. Yeah. Surely. Um, now, obviously, this wasn't a B&M exclusive for the first time in a very, very long time. However, the next item of tap we've got here for you is that character have unveiled, as it says, a new raft of B&M uh, collector sets. Um, now, again, we've got the usual uh, sort of Dalek uh, variants here, uh, which is it's now called History of the Daleks. This is box. Um, I'm assuming this is collector uh, box five and collector box seven because we have um, some sort of. I think these Daleks are from the Power of the Daleks. Um, yes, it is. So this is for the. It's a silver drone Dalek, and one with them uh, with a mutant scoop. If you can remember, that he just scoops a mutant out and drops it into a Dalek yeah. casing. Um, now the other one is a Day of the Daleks variant. So you've got the uh, the grey and uh, sort of drone, and you've got the uh, the gold supreme Dalek, uh, which uh, do look quite nice actually. Do look quite nice. Um, now more interestingly, we've got two other sort of first Doctor sets. Now uh, the first one I'm going to go for is the Keys of Marinus uh, collector set. This uh, has two Vords and Ian Chesterton. Um, now the thing is that the Ian Cheston figure looks more like Jamie Glover, who played William Russell in <laughs> An Adventure in Space and Time. Yeah, yeah he does, doesn't he? <laughs> Someone's taken the wrong photo, haven't they? I think they have there actually. Yeah, it's. Uh... But still, you know, it's nice to see. But now the next yeah, one. But isn't oh, that sorry. sort of slightly treating thing to have the the two Vaults warriors? Why why can't you just have one and a different character? Well, like Susan, for argument's sake. Yeah. Um, because it's sort of... The Vords are exactly the same. Yeah. I think I, now one's got a couple of like silver buttons on them. Um, I'm assuming... And, and I th well, yeah, they've got different symbols on their helmets. One's got a circular one, one's got a triangular one. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I know what you mean, Paul. It's a little bit of a... 
little bit of a rip off that really isn't it they could have done a- another character considering there were other characters in that story as well if you're yeah. going to be you know if you're going to go down that far but but the next one um now we didn't plan this at all um but there is now a sensorites collector set as well um which has two sensorites oh, I mean, and the first it, doctor it's, but... it's it, i think you think on the, on the packaging it says as heard on the who's he podcast. podcast yeah <laughs> If only, if only we had a tie-in like that. Um, now, this one you've got, and obviously you could you could probably say the same thing for the um, for the sensorites because there's not much difference between the two. However, um, you have the first elder sensorite, which has got the the two crossover black sashes, uh, and then you've got a warrior um, sensorite, which has got the three black armbands um, up the forearms. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean it's 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 nice to see they're still churning these out. Actually, I, you know it's sort of um, look okay. I don't know. We don't have any uh, pricing at the moment, but they're, they're, I think in, in the past they've been sort of fairly reasonably priced in the UK at B and M. And yeah. as I understand, all four of these box sets will be released um, middle of this month, as I, as I understand it. So uh, yeah. so they're, get they're hunting, everybody. They're just waiting for us to release the podcast. Huh? Well, exactly. That's exactly what they're waiting for, as they should do, Paul. Yes. <laughs> now, um, lastly, in Omega's Tat Corner, this is something I posted up um, on our Facebook page, uh, or, or group, rather, um, because I couldn't quite believe what I was seeing. Now, the uh, now for quite some time now... <laughs> did, he, did, got, did it make your eyes water? <laughs> it did just make my eyes water, actually. Uh, now... <laughs> Eagle Moss um, have been have uh, as like a weekly or is it weekly or monthly magazine the Doctor Who figurine collection. Um, now what they've and they've been doing various sort of characters and, and another TARDIS console as well. But now they've caught up with the Thirteenth Doctor console. Now this has never been my favourite ever since I saw the damn thing. Um, and now seeing it um, just goes to show what lighting does for a set um, because what we're seeing here. Um, well, I'm not going to make no bones about it. This is how I described it um, on on our Facebook page and, and, and group page. It looks like a giant cock, really. <laughs> it, it does. Um, it just, it just. Well, someone else said it could be a butt plug as well. <laughs> but just goes to show what what a bit of lighting does. So, I mean, imagine if you if you walked on the Doctor Who set, and you didn't see that all lit up. You saw it like that. You just think giant cock. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, it, it just goes to show what a, a bloody awful design that TARDIS console is. <laughs> yeah, that 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 you would hope is the one thing definitely not going to miss. Uh, if no, no, I I, I mean, I was kind of hoping it, it it would be gone by the thirteenth series, but I think well now you've got Jodie Whittaker um, leaving next year. Yeah, it's, you, it's, you there's, should, no, there's no point. no point. No, exactly, absolutely no point whatsoever. Um, but not only that, when you see it. In that sort of like that, because it, it's there's not a lot to that console, is there? No, it's not the busiest of consoles I've ever seen in my entire, you know, at all. It, you know, of all the iterations we've had, um, it's fairly dull, really. Well, I, th- I think actually, there, there has to be said, there hasn't been a lot of console work in the the Whitaker era, has there? Well, I think with good reason because that set's bloody awful. It, it's yeah. it's badly lit. Um, the 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 console's too low as well. I mean, she. I mean, every time you're watching Jodie Whittaker at the console, she's almost bending over double. 
to operate the damn thing. It just seems to be like a, a foot higher or something. Yeah. But but I don't. Oh yeah, I, I just hate it. <laughs> I've never ever got on with that that console or that 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 set at all. I think I think it's horrid. I really do. But uh, but seeing it like this. Um, yeah, as you say, Paul, it, it does bring tears to my eyes, but in, a, in the wrong way. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Yeah, that is that is awful. Steam, steampunk cock, that's what that is. That's all I can say. <laughs> yes. Yeah, mm. Well, there you go. I <laughs> steam-powered cock. <laughs> oh, dear. Shall we leave that there? Uh, no. Well, I'm not going to touch it, I can tell you. <laughs> no, I don't want to leave it there, if you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing the rest of the podcast with that in the room. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Well, anyway, folks, um, yeah, that's it for uh, for Cock News and Doctor Who News for this month. So, uh, <laughs> so coming up next, uh, we're going to be discussing the Sensorites, which could be a load more of old cock i don't know really but for another month then that was the news everybody it's, it's, it's the moment you'll be waiting for uh paul and i are going to talk about the sensor rights now um Let's listen to a little clip of that before we begin. Which one is the doctor? The one with the white hair. Speak up, I can't hear you. We have been speaking to each other. What is it you want of us? Why don't you let these space people go back to their Earth, hmm? None of you can ever again leave the area of the sense sphere. Why not? You know the answer to that. Because of molybdenum. We are not interested in it. So you say. But once before we trusted Earthmen to our cost. So Earthmen have visited the sense sphere? Yes, and they caused us a fearful affliction. We shall not allow it to happen again. What do you expect us to do? Drift around forever? No, you must all come back with us. A special area has been prepared for you on the sense sphere. There you will live, and there you will be looked after. These people cannot possibly accede to your request. Come to the question. You will do exactly as we tell you because you have no choice. None of you. My party does have a choice. And I assure you, we have no intention of spending the best of our lives with you. Right, so um, obviously when we talk about these things, it's not just the the uh, broadcast version. We've also read the target novelisation of the sense rights as well. So yes. we're going to be doing a little um, sort of comparison um of of the of the two um now where we can remember because <laughs> we you did this quite a long this, time ago didn't you this, I, this, I this this was what should have come when we last had month break yeah no yeah, this last should... month i think a bit at the, at the start you know we had our little break this was this was the next thing coming yeah and unusually for me i'd actually got quite ahead of myself in getting ready for it and then i wasn't going to go back and read it again <laughs> Now that probably says all you need to know about Paul's review. <laughs> but uh no, it's it's my turn to kick off, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's my turn to kick off. Okay. Um Yeah, this is a, do you know what? I think the whole point of this story really is just like a middle management takeover bid. Really. It, it's just got you've got some little little 
sort of mid-level manager, either city administrator, wants yeah. to take over and run things his way. Um, and, and that's basically all this really amounts to, to be honest. And it's sort of like a lot of watching a lot of um, sort of portly actors running around in skin tight costumes. Um, so as, as I say, trying to trying to take over the the, the, the censor right business. Um, and it's it's not a lot really happens, does it? Really, I I, I don't like to be too down on it. I think. Well, I think... actually, actually, I'm not sure that's true. Go on. Um, as a story, and as a not perhaps as a story, but as a, as a concept, mm. I quite like this episode. Um, uh, you've got there is quite a lot going. You've got what's happening on the the spaceship. At the start, which is, you know, you've almost got three different stories going on here. Well, the thing, the things with the spaceship. You're right about the spaceship bit. I think that's the, but I think once that first episode ends, all that sort of tension and mystery has gone. Yeah. Because you, you've got that, um, and I've got to be honest, but that that's one of the the best cliffhangers Doctor Who has yeah. ever done because you've got that sense right, just sort of the way it's lit. And the way the actor's doing it as well, um, it's fantastic. It's so creepy, just seeing it sort of hovering outside the the, the, the window. Um, but the trouble is, as they used to do in those days, they instead of just reusing that section of film for, for for to resolve next week's you know resolve the cliffhanger next week, they remounted the scenes. So they had to act it out again, and they lost it because it just sort of went from that creepy sort of like. The way it was lit, and as I say, the actor was doing things with his hands. They just went to basically someone just standing outside the window looking in. It was like looking out the window of your caravan, someone just looking at you. <laughs> so... I, could, I could have just given him a, a bucket and mop, couldn't I? And he could exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Confessions but... of a sensor, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But yeah, I, th- I think after that episode, for me, that's when it all starts to sort of fall apart. Because I think once you get down to the down to the planet surface, um, I, th- I, I don't know. I just don't enjoy it. I I really don't. I think the it's, well, but the problem I have with this is it's just it's oddly paced. It's slow, and then you get when you get the exciting bits are really quick, and seem to go just happen, and then you're back to all right. So now we're back talking again, just yeah. generally. You know, it just seems to be there's no um, the exciting bits are the bits you want to be the the, the main part of the story, and they're not. Mm. Like the attack in the aqueduct and um, Ian drinking the water. These these things are not are, are just happen very fairly quickly, and then you're just back to oh. I'm surprised that happened, and we're all just sitting around talking, standing around talking again, and it's yeah, yeah that's that's the... that's what I mean. It, it doesn't. I think that I mean that is it's a. Had they made this a four-part story, I think it could have worked better. But obviously, they were padding it out to fill six episodes, and that's how things were back then. You you had that block, and you had the okay. You need to do so many episodes. 
So this is the six part. That's a four part. I will drop in a two part one there just to make it out because it was, you know, that's with, with Edge mm-hmm. of Destruction. Um, it, it's just the way things were then. Um, but I'm, but, I'm but not this, even sure. this was this was a four part story, definitely. I'm not sure it is. I think I think it's I think it could be a six part. There's enough in it. There's there's like I say, there's the the on the spaceship, the sort of base under siege on the spaceship. Yeah. Then you get the basically the as you say the 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 the, 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 the we don't want foreigners here on the sensorite planet mm. and the basically the revolution there the the dominant comings of the sensorite world <laughs> um and then you get the, the 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 pilots that have been basically doing a guerrilla warfare in the aqueduct now that actually should take you should be able to carry six episodes if done properly but it, it, that's the thing; it didn't because the, the, it, to me, it no. felt the, the, the men in the aqueduct just felt like it was tagged on because it was literally tagged on the last episode, really, wasn't it? Yeah, but 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 you it's know. an important bit about why the why they, the Doctor gets the sensor rights trust is because he works out that they're being poisoned. Oh so yeah, the po- it, is, it, is, I've got... it is it is part of the story. It's just yeah. like I say, the, the pacing of it is just all over the place. Yeah, and really, that should have been. That could have been episode five, him finding them, and then generally you'd have had, you know, the the finding their way out. But that, that's that whole bit was just like one episode, really quickly. It After was... we'd had a couple of episodes of just padding. I don't think that, I think that that that's that's my, it's, you know, that's my issue. I've got no, I've got nothing against what the sort of the, you know the plot beats and like you know with the the being held on the ship. Um, You've got, you know, so the poisoning, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it gives the doctor something to do, and as you say, gain their trust. But you didn't really need to have those three human survivors to do the poison. It could have just been something else could have been, you know, it could have been something well, else no. that could have caused it. To have no, them just, no, just, no, just appear think... right at the very end. No, I it... think they could have been interesting. I think they could have actually have carried two episodes. And we could have got more into depth into into them as characters, but as it is, they're just basically no, they're just they throw away three but, random know. people at the end, that yeah, are, <coughs> that are fighting. But actually, you could have had them as more fleshed out characters and would have made it more interesting. But it's it's, it's, it's also yeah, I mean yeah, th- no, that, no that's... character really gets any build up. The only build up, the only sort of sense of a backstory to anything. Mm. Is basically John and Carol. Yeah, now I think that was done. That was, but that was done better in the book as well. Um, Because I think the the John and Carol thing, certainly with with his with him being treated by the sensor arts once he's there on the planet. Yeah, and you get that whole thing, and he he starts to look better, like the the you know, because when they first come across him on the ship, he's he's an old man. He's he's got white hair, and he's aged way way. You know, way beyond his years. Um, but actually, that, yeah, it, the first it, thing when she says about Carol, she's going to marry him. Yeah, you're thinking, oh, there's an age gap there. <laughs> when you're yeah, reading, exactly. When you're reading the book, first of all. But then you see that as he gets treated, his his hair, the grey starts to disappear, the, the the black starts to come yeah. back in his hair again. Um, but obviously, on the t- on the TV version, they they just skipped that completely. He just still had his grey wig on, didn't they? And that was yeah, you know, and that was it. Um, but I, 
that's that's what I mean. I, I just think that, that they tried to. There was a lot there, but they didn't make use of it. So that's what I'm saying. It could have they could have easily made this a four part because they just didn't make use of the stuff they had for yeah. a six part because because it was too like as you say something happened a lot of talking something else happened a lot of talking yeah. it could have been a yeah. lot more the, faster the, pace. The, the interest, yeah, the interesting bits could have made a a, a good four part story. Yeah. But- now, they could I, I, have actually I, have made a better story, a better six-part story with the story. The story is, is good. I think the story is good. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep repeating that until I. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um, I just find but, it definitely dull. I really do. I just find it dull. But, but, but that's the writing of it. Is, 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 is dull. And, and well, actually, then, well, yeah, then, then it, you think, then you think actually, this is, this is an ideal opportunity for a novelization. To actually give you a decent, to take a decent story that's been badly done on TV, mm. and actually make it a good, bring bring the story bring the story shining to the to the table and whatever. Yeah, and the book does exactly the same things with the the, the pacing. Yes, it unfortunately. does. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, and I'm not quite sure whether that is just because they felt they. He had to follow the story. He had to follow the 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 the, the pace of the six parts of the TV. Um, it would have been interesting had it been obviously novelised by the person that originally wrote the the well the thing. Yeah. Now, did did you watch the um on the no, because you didn't watch it on the, on the DVD, did you? Watch it on BritBox, no. didn't you? When you, yeah. yeah. So on the now, I'm, I've got to be honest. I have no recollection of watching this particular um, this DVD extra previously when I, when I watched this when I bought the DVD. Um, and it's a, a documentary by uh, a, a, a previous guest of this show actually, Toby Haydoke. Um, trying to find out more about the writer. And this was filmed back in two thousand and twelve. Uh, writer yeah. Peter R. Newman because there was nothing because it had him dying on two separate dates. One uh, one entry he died in 1969, then he died in 1975. So, um, but the documentary goes through. They they track his family down. Uh, Toby Hader interviews his uh, Peter R. Newman's sister, um, and it's quite a tragic life. He did in die uh, did indeed sorry die in um, 1975. Um, now his writing career didn't really take off. This was basically the last thing he did, uh, or the last thing that was commissioned. Put it that way. Um, but he wrote. Um, oh, now you make me feel bad. I've just had a go at him. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, now the thing is, he he wrote um, a film script for Hammer, and it was a war film, which again was quite um, quite ingenious actually, because it was called Yesterday's Enemy. It was actually a. a, a um, a, a television play, but it was made into a, a film by Hammer in 1959. Um, and it's quite interesting, actually, because it's more about sort of, uh, it's set during the Second World War um, between the, the, the English and the Japanese, I think it was, it was sort of in, in the Far East. But it's more, really, it was about British war crimes. So, which was quite a brave thing to do in 1959. To yeah. yeah, so, um, but apparently... He priced himself out for Hammer because I think he did submit other scripts to Hammer, but he wanted more money, um, and they just said, "Well, Hammer didn't want to pay it." But a bit like working for the BBC, if I'm honest with you. So, 
So this was his other commission script was the, was the Sensorite. So apparently he didn't like the Sensorite design, but he couldn't get anything. So afterwards he became a porter. Um, I think it was at the Tate Gallery or something, which he was happy doing. But but then unfortunately he um, he had an accident at work, fell down the stairs and hit his head on a, an iron radiator, as, as were common in buildings like that at the time. Uh, went into a coma and died of a, right. of a hemorrh- brain hemorrhage. He was only 48 as well. So it's quite a tragic, tragic end, really. Um, but I, I think, and I say, you know, we just done a right, I, I, I don't particularly enjoy this story. I just, I just, I just oh. don't. Uh, I just think it's it's dull. Listen, um, listen now, was, now my position feels a bit like the, not the nine o'clock news sketch where the bloke kills over and has a heart attack and I say, this is, this, this, this is the sort of man that will be sadly missed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh um, dear, dropped you right in it. No, it. No, I, I think it's. Um, I, I don't know why it wasn't used again. You know, it's. Um, I don't know. I think they just. I just find it I mean, a bit dull. But but the thing is, though, I think that that is an issue a lot of people do have with this particular era of Doctor because there are film like plays. They're not. Yeah. They're not all action. And I'm, I'm saying I do. I do enjoy watching Hartnell. I do enjoy watching Troughton. You know. Um, you know it, each. That that's what I like about Doctor because each sort of decade it's done and it's got its own little sort of quirks, and this yeah. was certainly the quirk of how of how British TV was made at the time. Yeah, um, you know, so you know, I've got I've got no issue with that. I just don't enjoy the story that much. I'm I'm sorry mm. to say, I really don't. No, no, but like I say, that that's rare. Yeah, I can understand. I can even understand the fact that yeah, it can be a bit oddly paced for TV mm. because of the thing, but. Like I say, I mean, actually, looking at my my point about the the three humans at the end, who are actually really are the bad guys in this. I mean, there's no getting away from the fact. It's not as if well, like the sensorites have put upon them. It's the fact that the sensorite they're trying to kill the sensorites so they can have the the riches of the planet. Was it molybdenum? Wasn't it? Yeah, it's, 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 I can't. I can't pronounce it properly. Molybdenum. But, uh, I, I, see, I still can't say it. I'll give up. <laughs> but, it, but even on even on Wikipedia for this, right? You've got Commander, and then the other two are just first human, second human. Yeah, that's how much they're fleshed out. And the book really doesn't give them any more. No, it's exactly the same, isn't it? Exactly my, the my, same. My, my my problem with this actually isn't necessarily the TV. The TV I'll accept is mm-hmm. is as it is. It's of its day. Sets are difficult to build, so you're going to actually have one set, and then you're going to have a lot of talking in that set. Yeah, you yeah. can't. You've got no location filming, so yes, it's going to be that sort of pace. Um, what disappointed me about this actually is the book, mm-hmm. which followed the TV slavishly. Pretty, yeah, in yeah. pace. Yeah. And it had the opportunity to to give. I mean, we we. I mean, you know, we've laughed about stuff where we've had the the odd prequel that and a very odd prequel in the the twins one. Oh yeah, but yeah. But this, but this, this could have been set up <coughs> nicely for a pre prequel for the for the for the original for the commander and whatever that spaceship was. Yeah, it I mean, didn't you, have to actually, yeah. which could have then ended with the spaceship blowing up. Mm. You didn't actually have to know that they was on it or not, but just to have given them a backstory as to what happened 
with that first exploration to arrive at the Sensorite planet. You know? It just could have done that. There's no reason why they couldn't have done that with a book. No, no. No, I agree. I agree, actually. It's... um. Which yeah, then actually, when, when, when they then appear later on, in the, later on, towards the end of the, the book or towards the end of the series, you mm. would have been actually, oh, there they are. That's what's happening. You See, know, the, the, whereas... There's, there's, there's other things that, does, that also don't add up with those three characters as well, because obviously they're, they're lurking around in the, in, the, in the aqueducts and the tunnels and everything. So the first time the Doctor gets attacked, he looks like he's attacked by a wild animal, and it sounds like a wild animal down in those caves. So was it a wild animal that did that, or was it those one of those three that did it? Because they didn't have any knives or anything, or they just had sharpened sticks, didn't they? Well, um, I mean, when, I mean, when I, you I, see I, them, I, I what was what was, was making that noise? I as took well? it that was them, and they've worked out a the sensorites don't like darkness and don't like loud noise, so they're making loud animal noises because they know that is the one thing really that's gonna frighten the sensorites. And at that point, they're really only just trying to keep the sensorites out of the tunnels, out of the aqueduct tunnels, until they've poisoned them all. But even that's not what, used what properly I'm not all quite the way sure. through. Yeah, go on. What go on. I'm not quite sure is why they just don't poison all the water. Oh no! Why? Why, why is it only it one bit a- by bit? Yeah, you know, that, I know. That, that's a long, that's a long-term plan. Yeah, and presumably they may have had most of the food that they'd taken from the spaceship, but they wouldn't have had an unlimited supply, surely. No. Precisely. That's 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 what I mean. There's, yeah, I I just don't enjoy it. Um. I think the the other actually coming back to what you say about the you know you know they use the noise to keep the the sense rights out. That's another thing that isn't used consistently um, through this episode because you've you've got the um, the I mean I've got to be honest, all of the sense rights are pretty much an easy pushover if you've got to invade a planet. They're a bloody yeah. pushover. All we've got to do is turn the lights out and make a lot of noise. But they didn't make use of the whole noise thing, especially with the no. city administrator when Carol is kidnapped. They all know at the time that the noise will put them. And she just sort of. But again, it comes back to that whole thing of how women are, were portrayed. They were helpless. They got if they got kidnapped, they were helpless. Um, well, yeah, so you've got this tubby little um, sensor, right? Played by Cracker Jack's Peter Glaze. Um, I hasten to, which still amazes me because I just know him as uh, from Crackerjack, and, and again, that's another generational thing. A lot of people out there might not know what we're talking about. There, Crackerjack. He was waiting for him to burst into a song of the time, weren't he? <laughs> well, do you know what they they did do um, on Crackerjack? They did do a uh, a Doctor Who parody, and it was called something "That's My Dalek" or it was something silly like that, some sort of musical huh. thing. Yeah. Um, but no, I just remember the uh, the Ashes to Ashes song. Was yeah. it Cheek Cheeky Monkey? <laughs> yeah. But but um, yeah, it, it just amazes me. That's that's Peter Glaze under there doing that. But uh, but yeah, I, I, oh yeah, I, I don't know. And and then that's the other thing that annoys me about this, this as well. Wait, but this has got some quite dark undertones. This, as in when they when they kidnap the second elder, they're basically saying we've got your family. Oh yeah. Exactly. But this whole thing about, you know, the sense rights are they trust everybody. Well, quite clearly they don't. So obviously there's that whole thing of the, and you know, 
there's that undercurrent in their society, which is fine. I've got nothing. There are some yeah. good points to this. Yeah. I just think the way it's executed, the way it's written, it's just, it's just, I don't, I just don't like it. Um, no, no. I, yeah. the, I mean, I, 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 like I say, I think it's a brilliantly idea, badly executed, and then the book, which could have turned it turned all it around, around, just didn't, and 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 brought yeah. out the ideas better and the yeah. pacing better and the whatever. Just just basically said, oh well, I'll just sort of write the same thing again. Yeah, but the, I mean. The things about xenophobia, the xenophobia, certainly from the censorites, especially from the city administrator as well, um, you've got the xenophobia again from the humans, particularly the three well, that, that that are in the, um, in the, what's what well, call it, in the aqueduct. Well, so it's the, not even xenophobia, it, it's just basically blind imperialism, isn't it? And we're, we're, you've got something that we want, so we'll just kill you and we'll take it. Well, yeah, yeah well, no, there is xenophobia. I just, I, you, they, know, they... No, you know, you know what I really hate about it? It's just this oh, woke Doctor Who stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what they're thinking of. Bloody hell! We've got, we've got, yeah, we've got imperialism. We've got xenophobia. Xenophobia. and this is basically just a parody of Brexit, and I just don't think Doctor Who should be doing that at this time. You got one race of people that all look the same. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> You were at the same time. Actually, actually, both said that. Yeah. Because even the city administrator, was it city administrator or, or the engineer said, you you know, basically said you all look the same. And then Carol just said, if you just swapped your your, your sashes over, we wouldn't, we couldn't tell you apart. Apart. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah, they said it on both sides there. Now I think you know, I think the the the, the undercurrent. There's some interesting stuff going on there. Um, but as you say, the way it's executed. I I I don't like it, and and if, actually one good thing about this is a little bit of character development for for Susan. Yeah. In this story, um, sort of trying to sort of break away from the Doctor's influence and him getting angry and trying to pull her back yeah. in again. His, his you know that patriarchy. Yeah. yeah, patriarchy, Paul. What were they thinking of talking about that in Doctor Who? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. I know. Yeah, you've you've yeah you've got yeah the the old trying to. Hold back the young, and oh, it's just yeah, it's just woke all over, isn't it? I don't know, isn't it? Isn't it? But again, I mean, that was kind of tapping into the whole thing about the teenage revolution of the fifties and early sixties, yeah. you know, um, and and that's what, and that's really what the character of Susan should have been there for. But and the, you know, the unearthly child aspect, which just got dropped, um, and I think that this sort of came to the forefront. This with the whole telepathy thing, and it was just forgotten about. It was never mentioned again. Which, which is, I think, it's a shame, actually, and that's one of the reasons why she left because she there was no sort of character development for her, was there? Yeah, I mean, and actually, yeah, you could, you can all sort of, you sort of, having watched this one, it sort of slightly makes her leaving more understandable. I mean, as as the, you know, the Susan's leaving more mm. of a thing because you could see like that perhaps she was starting to pull away from her grandfather and was wanting to be her own person. Yeah. Which in other of the you know, I can remember of the the first Doctor stories wasn't quite so there, which sort of mm. made then the her leaving um in Dark Invasion more uh yeah, so more believable, of, really. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than rather than the usual here's someone I met two episodes ago, I'm going to marry them and leave. And that's yes. yeah, that's yeah. That's how people were written out then, really, wasn't it? But uh, yeah, yeah. Whereas it's... this sort of actually sets her up for, oh, you know, 
there's at some point you've got to accept me as my own person. Yeah. Which I, and it, it was starting to go in an interesting way there, I thought, for, for, yeah. for Susan's character really did. But they say it was, just, it was just forgotten about after that. It really was. But uh, And it's like, oh, they are, oh, because now we're not in the sense of rights things, I'm not going to be telepathic anymore. So I can just go back to being exactly the same person as I was. Yeah, and twisting um, my ankle each week. And those and those those feelings of independence are obviously only through my being telepathic. Yeah. Hmm. And, and then and then sort of and then I mean I think the cardinal sin for me as well is basically writing out Barbara's character for pretty much all of the story. Yeah. Because I think between episodes was it three, four, and five, she's not in. And then maybe it was one of those things she was on holiday. They yeah. used to do weird, strange things like that then. But um, to write her out of the story, when I think she would be, she was just the sort of catch you want to sort of argue with the first and second elders yeah. about that. Yeah, that, that, that you know, like you know, like she did in, in actually the previous story, the Aztecs, for argument's sake. I and mean, again, that was quickly forgotten about. So I'm just a silly Mate. woman. I've learnt my lesson. I'm a silly woman, and and that was it. And I can't believe someone like Barbara would have just given up that easily without influencing people. I know they, they laughed at the Doctor. It was, it was in the first episode where he says about, I, I don't like to interfere and get involved. Yeah. Um, and I think they're sort of like, they're both sort of... In the book, that, that was, there was more made of that, wasn't there, in the book? Yeah. Really? I mean, there but was it, bits of the book, but it just didn't, yeah, it didn't change the pacing of it, the book. No. Or, or flesh out, really flesh out any of the other... Main characters. I think, yeah, I think actually in the book, the the TARDIS crew, so to speak, are better. There's mm. there's bits of them that are better in the yeah. book, but it doesn't do a lot for the rest of the for that for the characters. story. Yeah, it, no. it, it tries to do a little bit. Nigel Robinson tries to do a little bit with the, the bit of, sort of bit of character development, but as you say, it does nothing to to correct anything that was wrong with the story, really. No. And the one thing that really I thought, really, is that it? You don't see what happens to the city administrator. It's just a case of, oh, he will be banished. Now, he was such a hissable villain all the way through, and in the book as well, to be on the TV and in the book. And if that is the one couch you want to see something happen to or get get their comeuppance, and he doesn't, that that happens off, off screen, which I think is unforgivable, really. Well, I mean, actually, yeah, and as and as the, the the commander and the two other humans, basically, that's sort of just brushed under the carpet. Yeah, well, they've murdered, practically murdered. Um, yeah, count, countless censorites. Censorites. Yeah, and because the doctor pleads with pleads for clemency, allows the, the the first elder allows them to go off with the humans, and then and then you get the you get basically the the the, the city administrator who was. Held someone hostage, committed murder himself, or indirectly. It's sort of like when the engineer killed the the the, the second elder. Yeah. Um, and and again, he'll just be banished, and that's it. But you don't see it happen. You don't see him get caught, even. No, that's just yeah. That's just literally. Oh well, you you're off, doctor. We've dealt yeah. with everything else. <laughs> see you later. Yeah. Precisely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like I say, but that's but that's. What what I've said about this, you know, that could have been, that should have been. So the going to the aqueduct and finding the commander and everything should have been episode five. 
And then the what happens to them and the city administrator should have been episode six. Yeah. And then the pacing would have been a lot better. That's what I mean. I there, there, was, to... there was far too much of just sort of like standing around and talking and not, yeah. not a lot happening. Um I mean, I mean, the amount of times. I mean, how many times did we have the? Have, have, have they ever thought about doing a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, how many times throughout this story did you have the city administrator intercept someone on their way to see the first elder? You know, yeah. I mean, good God, it just went. Oh, no. I, I, the thing is, that I like the design of the sensorites. I, I think it's it's a it's a it's a for its day. I think it's a very very good design and very inventive. Um, yeah. As well, um, okay, I th- okay. It's just like a, a, a body stocking the guys are wearing, um, but okay, and the feet look a bit silly. Uh, but you know, I think the actual masks themselves are very well done. Uh, and, you know, I, I think it, it works really well. And I think if had it had it been um, sort of lit better, they could have been sort of quite a, a sort of creepy, a creepy atmosphere. Adversary, yeah. really, I should say. Going to get me teeth in today. Um, yeah, so I, I just think it was a bit of a. But that, that again, that's how Doctor Who was. Everything was just bloody well overlit, wasn't it? Wasn't it really? But, yeah, yeah. It's just that one. It's just that that cliffhanger to episode one. When well, Ian's going, Doctor, trying to get the Doctor's attention. Look at the window, and there's that. It's just sort of sort of floating outside, half lit, and it looks brilliant. It really does. And it just it just goes downhill from there for me, I'm afraid. It really does. Oh well. This this oh, story this yeah. story if some if he could have just driven up written up the outline of the story and whatever and mm. let Malcolm Hulk write it. Yeah. This would have been one of the classic Doctor Who stories, I think. Now he knew how to put in a political spin yeah. into a story with, with without detracting from the story. And I think if yeah. that now I know that's what we're coming back around to Jody Whittaker again. That's what a lot of people have been saying. You get the he knew how to get a message across in a story without hitting you over the head with it because he wove it into the actual fabric of of that particular story rather than giving you a lecture at the end. Mm. I mean, so, but, but that, I mean, like, as, as we said, though, it was you a, did have you did have more time to do it in those well, he, days. Yeah, he did. Well, actually, I'd say it, no, even you know, but even his scripts for the television were done like that as well. Yeah, he knew, he just he was just a natural at doing it, and I think there's a lot people can learn from that. But um, but so they, they, you say that you're right. There are ideas in here that he really could have run away with and yeah. done very well. Malcolm I like. like uh, yeah, it'd be nice if they could have got him to do the novelisation even. Yeah. Well, this one wasn't actually uh, novelised until the 80s, was it? Yeah. This one. Yeah. Because I, I think a lot of the first Doctor stuff wasn't novelised until the 80s. Um, which is a, which is a shame. Which is a shame, actually. Yeah. And, it's, um, and probably I mean, why they felt then they had to stick to the, to the, I was going to say, the script, basically. <laughs> well, yeah, it really, really is, actually, isn't it? But, I mean, um, I mean, the, un- the, only, the other bits that are better in the, the actual, on the spaceship when they first, first arrive, the actual size that you get the sense of the size of the spaceship, which works. I mean, the fact actually, the TARDIS seems to land in the control room of the spaceship, and they they don't notice someone stealing the lock. Now that bit's always puzzled me. How did they get up there when they when they were tracking their advance when they finally did get to it at the end of the episode? 
Well, I don't know. We presume that so there was already some sensorites there on the on the ship. Um, but like I say, the book, the... at least at least in the book, they landed some way away and walked down corridors. Yeah, which one thing? One thing actually, you'd say you know Doctor Who has has got a habit of his corridors, and yet in this episode, the TV episode of this, there are very few corridors. Yeah, they don't make use of that at all, do they? <laughs> I li- literally, I don't know whether they just like they wanted to use that scene of the leaving the TARDIS and going straight into the the set for the of the command. Now, do you know what? I that that worked really well. Yeah, on, and I on get the, the TV fe- version that was really well feeling, done. That. And I get the feeling they really wanted to do that. Yeah, and they did it, and then they suddenly thought. And they didn't take then enough consideration of the fact that someone's got to steal the lock from the TARDIS, which is basically two foot away from anybody at any one time. Yeah, which it would have been. Without noticing the sensorites doing it. <laughs> yeah, bit of a mistake. But as I say, it looked good. That yeah. bit did look very, very good indeed. I, I really get the feeling that, that was a set designer having a, a master stroke. Yeah. And basically then nobody really... They they then thought it was so good that they had to actually just ignore the fact that it didn't actually fit the story. Yeah. Uh yeah, I think that's that's the thing. There's, there's an awful lot of missed opportunities in this story, but unfortunately, it's not going to miss the run. I think just to sort of you know sort of wrap this up, really, it's not well, one. Can I just on... say like one one oh, last go on. thing. Go on, one thing. There is probably more fluffs I've noticed in this epi- these episodes that from everybody. Yeah, it's just like it wasn't just it wasn't just Hartnell. It was just like everybody was taking their turn, weren't it? Oh yeah, there weren't Billy fluffs, there were sensor fluffs, and uh, Ian fluffs, and you know, <laughs> people started one sentence and finished a totally different sentence. <laughs> oh god, yeah, dear. I think there was one bit where, where Karen Ford comes in ahead of the of the uh, the, the first elder, and she stops, and lets him say his bit. Then she and she goes, as I was going to say. And she just carried, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the way she did it was really well done, actually. <laughs> oh, dear. No, I was going to say, just to sort of wrap, for, for me, just to wrap this up, I was say, it, it's it's not going to be a story I'm going to return to anytime soon, unfortunately. No. Well, no. I mean, I, mean I, had, I had the opportunity to return to it very quickly and, <laughs> and resisted. <laughs> That's my fault. <laughs> oh, dear. But, yeah. No, yeah. I, yeah, it's, well, it's, do you know what? For the first time in a long time, we've disagreed on something. Yeah. Yeah, I hope... I hope no, just, well, yeah. I, th- I think we sort of both agree. I think I'm probably just a bit more interested in it, the story-wise of it. But just, than yeah, I am, just the, yeah. The, the execution is poor. The idea is good, I think, is, is my summary of this. Yeah. Well, you could, you could level that at most of Doctor Who, actually, couldn't you? <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean... You, uh, well, no, I mean, sometimes... sometimes That's why we watch it. That's the thing. That's why we watch it. You always think yeah. what could have been. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, yeah. I mean, some, sometimes, though, you watch it and you think, oh, well, it's just, you know, they they did the best they could with what they had. Yeah. Um, I'm just not quite sure they did that with this. And, well, cer- and, cer- and, cer- and certainly the novelisation cannot use that excuse. No, it can't. It really can't. Certainly not. But, uh... Oh, well, hopefully the next one we pick will be a bit more... Uh... A bit more uh, up our alley. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? But uh, but when we do return, um, I think we're going to be looking at a big finish story, aren't we? Yes, we are. We are indeed. Um, then what did we do last time, big finish wise? 
I can't remember uh, now. It was the Christopher Eccleston, the Ninth Doctor. Ah, God, Doctor the Ravagers. Story. That's right, it was, yes. wasn't it? Or, or Ravagers, I should say. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure where, where we're going to head next, actually, with our um, no. with our big finish. But, um, well, we, we've got plenty to get through, Paul, so there's tons we haven't listened to yet. So, uh, But no. as we usually do, we'll announce that on our uh, on our Facebook group and, and Twitter feed. So let you yes. know what we're going to be doing next. Um, yes, there we are. There we are. So, um, so over the next few, um, obviously, we're, we're back to doing monthly uh, podcasts again. Hoping we're gonna, I'm, I'm trying to get some more people back on to do some more um, special commentary, short commentary episodes as well, um, and trying to get a bit more content out, out on our uh, YouTube channel as well. So we're trying to sort of get back into the uh, into the swing of things again, if if uh, if if we're able to. But uh, so we make these plans, Paul. It, it very rarely comes off, does it? <laughs> Oh dear, but uh, yeah, it's a good. So I mean, next month probably we're back to no news again. So this has been a bit of a bumper month for us. Actually, we have plenty to talk yes. about, and I think it's be quite a quite a long le- um, episode this one. So uh, yeah, so next month we'll be <laughs> we'll be back to that was the news and the review, and that'll be it. Fifteen minutes. That's your lot, I reckon. Yeah. So what we're saying is, it's over long and badly paced. This episode. Yes. Of the podcast. <laughs> And on that note, I think we should say our goodbyes, Paul. Yes. <laughs> so for another month then, it's goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. If you don't want to miss a show, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, and if you have time, leave us a quick review also. You can also subscribe to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Amazon Music, and don't forget to check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you want to leave us feedback, you can do this through Twitter, at who's underscore he underscore podcast, and also through the Who's He Podcast Facebook group. You can find all of these links on our website, who's hyphen he hyphen podcast.co.uk